for they were the followers of the thirteenth disciple, Isram the Syrian. Isram had stated that there must be chaos before there could be order, and it was their holy duty to create that condition. The world must be in turmoil. Jesus could come at any time, and they had to be ready. The elder smiled under the hood of his plain homespun robe of rough wool, chaos and disorder. Rome survived a thousand years, and we destroyed her in fifty. Fewer than a thousand of us have brought down the city of the Caesars. Because of us, a barbarian rules in Rome, and the Catholic Church has been set back a hundred years. Odoacer, a barbarian general, took the last reins of power into his own hand and made himself king of Italy after deposing Romulus Augustus, the last emperor of the West, not knowing that he was only a tool that would be broken when he no longer served his purpose for the Brotherhood. Persia, too, had been reduced as a power through their judicious use of treachery. At a critical moment in battle against the White Huns near the borders of Kushan, an arrow had found its way into the heart of the Persian king. With his death, the Persian army had lost heart, and the white Huns slaughtered them to a man. Nomads were the masters of the Sassanids, and it would be a long time before the empire of the Persians breathed freely again. It was easier to deal with barbarians. Their minds were so simple and obvious. Already, in order to prevent the rise of a civilized empire of the white Huns in Persia, they had arranged to turn their interests toward the wealth of India and away from the West. Only Constantinople remained as a truly great power, and for now they needed the city and its armies. By their will, the Eastern Empire would survive a while longer. In this, the year A.D. 485, the Brotherhood was alive and well, save for the lost road and that they would find again, though it might take a hundred years. An acolyte brought a torch to light the elder's way from his rooms in the palace to the catacombs and huge cisterns beneath the streets of Constantinople. In one of these huge chambers the Brotherhood would meet and reenact the crucifixion as they had done on this day ever since the death of their master at the hands of the beast. The elder was weary from his labors, but not dissatisfied, for was he not the comites, supervisor of offices for the emperor? He did regret slightly the fact that he'd had to become a eunuch in order to gain such a position of influence. However, that small sack of flesh was as nothing to him, for now it was he who approved the candidates for most of the important offices of the empire. He could place whom he wished, where he wished, and thus control the destiny of millions. He inspected the chamber in which their ceremonies would be held to make certain that all was in order. Torches in their brackets set up tendrils of oily smoke to collect on the damp stones of the ceiling. A raised dais of dark ebony with a delicately carved image of fish had been placed at the far end of the chamber. From there he would address his clergy, and, most important, the Holy of Holies was there, 
set above the dais, where all could see it and marvel, for it was the instrument of the death of Jesus Christ at the hands of the Roman legionary Casca Rufio Longinus, who had let out the life-blood of the Savior. Walking on bare feet, slowly he approached the spear and knelt before it. Head bowed, he lost himself in prayer, immersing his spirit in righteous hatred for the beast who walked the earth. Crawling forward on his belly, he wormed his way to the spear, tears running down his face in rivers. Ever so slowly he rose from his stomach to place a shaking finger on the dark stain on the wooden haft, where the blood of Jesus had spilled out on the instrument of his death. Touching the stain, he felt a cold fire run into his bones. His entire body shook in fevered spasms of ecstatic agony. To be able to actually touch the blood of the...